Welcome to the Cults of the Clock Tower. I am Andrew Nathanson. Every other week, a special guest and I have an in-depth discussion about a character from the game Blood on the Clock Tower. Today's character is the Mutant, an outsider from the Sex and Violence edition, whose ability reads, If you are mad about being an outsider, you might be executed. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I am joined by Nikki. Nikki, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself so that they know who you are, your uh, background with Clock Tower, where they might have heard you before? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I've been playing Clock Tower pretty much religiously now at this point <laughs> since, <laughs> I don't know, I think May is when I joined all the server and everything. I've, I found Clock Tower from... Mm-hmm. Um, the UK Games Expo, um, and joined the server and just been playing it all the time since then. Um, you may know me from the stream games. I've, I've, I play on stream quite a bit, uh, and it's become a bit of a meme, actually, that um, I keep rolling mutant on stream, hence why I am here to do the mutant episode. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that was the impetus for this recording, but <laughs> here we are. I think there's going to be a good episode you obviously know a lot about playing the mutant uh <laughs> yeah it's a it's a good character i quite like it so before we get into any discussion about playing as the mutant though let's just give an overview of how to run it the mutant is a character an outsider if they're mad about being an outsider though the storyteller may execute them um which does use up the execution for the day so you'd go to night after that it is possible to execute them at night as well although we can talk about that later um about whether or not that's a good idea and sort of like what the storyteller is allowed to do and of course the other tricky things that people might get wrong about playing or running the mutant are just you know running madness in general which is a little bit confusing to a lot of players i know we've talked about it a lot on the show but it might be worth going over some of the usual uh definition of madness kind of stuff again so i'll give a brief overview of uh, of that uh madness in case you're not aware um is basically um, the, the player has to act like something or else some consequence happens or possibly, uh, as is, uh, as people now know about with some, some of the, uh, newly released characters that they've been showing off on stream recently, like the pixie. Sometimes madness is if you act a certain way, you'll get some kind of reward. But the important thing with madness is you're never forced to do it. It's just that you do it or you accept the consequence or you just don't get the reward. Um, in the mutant's case, that means that they could. They are free to be mad that they're an outsider, um, but if they are, then they might be executed at any moment, and generally the storyteller is going to choose the worst possible thing to do with them, whether that's executing them or not. Um, and again, that's all stuff we'll get into into the storyteller section about those decisions. We've already had a bit of discussion about, like, you know, the, some of the controversial things around madness in the in the Saranovas episode and in the intro episode here, so I don't think we need to go over it too much. I don't know, Nikki, do you want to tell me anything about how you run madness or like your opinions on madness um as far as like how strict or lenient you would be um, etc i tend to uh and I'll, I'll talk about this a bit more in the um storytelling bit but i t- i tend to uh base it on uh, where my players are at um for example so if, if i've got somebody who is fairly new to smv or fairly new to madness then i'll be a little bit more lenient or but if it's a more experienced player then i'm, I'm a, a lot harsher uh, about it um and i like to set the expectations of being like you know i really do it yeah it's it's something which you're meant to um follow along 
especially in the case of you know, the SMV, um, Serenovus and Mutant. You know, it's meant to be harmful to the town. Um, the fact that you're spreading these lies out there, even though you're good, you know, but you've got to pretend that you're something that you're not. And so trying to juggle that. But at the same time, uh, whether or not I uh, deal out the punishment is another thing which, yeah, um, I could, uh, I might be lenient, not because of the player, but because I, because of the game state um, and what it would actually do to the game if I decide that Breaking Madness um, does, in fact, um, have its negative consequence. Yeah, that's that's a tricky thing about the mutant, is it, because it's only one of two possible ways for that uh, immediate daytime execution happen, to happen, mm. it kind of gives the town a lot of information just by you deciding yeah. to execute them. Um, so often the storyteller will choose not to and just allow the mutant to be more suspicious because they're not getting executed. Uh, but it's kind of a fine line to walk um, as far as actually making the outsider ability negative for the town, which outsider abilities are supposed to be. Yeah. That should be about all you need to know. I guess the big difference between this and Saranovus Madness is that Saranovus Madness says that like the player has to do something or else they'll be executed, or or at least at least there's the possibility of them being executed where they have to claim something. Uh, the mutant is totally fine to just be silent. They don't have to actively claim that they're not an outsider. They just aren't allowed to claim that they are an outsider. Um, so that's a little bit of a distinction, I guess that. Um, people might not be familiar with so, some people um uh, I, th- I think it's also in the um the rule book about the mutant that if if a mutant is purposely saying staying silent uh when somebody's questioning them saying wait hold on are you actually a mutant then that can be seen as a kind of like it's a little nod of i am the mutant but i can't say it so i'm just going to stay silent and so some storytellers might see that as a kind of like in a way you're breaking madness by not answering um, so there's, yeah, there is a bit of leeway with, within right. that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's really more that you can't act like you're an outsider. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, throughout this episode, we're going to be saying stuff like, you can't do this. Um, obviously, we don't mean you actually can't, but <laughs> that you might be executed if you are. Uh, but we're just going to say stuff like that as a shorthand for that, because it's a lot easier to talk about than specifying yeah. it every single time. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so it's more that you can't act like you're an outsider, which sometimes doesn't require saying anything sometimes being silent is acting like an outsider so mm-hmm. uh i think that would that would be where i would draw that distinction there yeah. i think the important thing is if nobody's like suspecting you're an outsider and they would have no reason to believe you're an outsider then being silent is totally fine yeah and likewise uh for example you could yeah if, if uh the demon type is being discussed and it's a base zero outside the game you can you can. It's perfectly valid, uh, in my opinion, to say I believe it's a Fangu game. I've heard of an outsider. I I would say that's fine. Yeah. But if people start questioning and saying, "Well, hang on, where have you heard of this outsider? Um, is it is it Mike? Is Mike the outsider?" And you're like, "No, it's not Mike." And you can't name where it's come from or don't. <laughs> yeah, have no, a it's reason. not anybody. <laughs> yeah, don't have a reason why you're not naming somebody. Then that might be where you're kind of pushing the line a little bit about kind of like. Well, nobody's claiming outsider, so it must be you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, it's it's a fine line, and there's room for interpretation. But I think we're both on relatively the same page. But cool. So let's get into playing as the mutant. So yeah, why don't you go ahead and start with uh, instead of playing as the mutant, tell us how uh, the evil team can use this outsider ability to their advantage. So I feel like mutant is one of the more 
powerful roles that you can use um, as an evil team, especially stuff like a pit hag. So first of all, um, they can turn people into a mutant and it forces them to not no longer get information, but they have to make up their information, uh, depending on what they kind of like say. So if, if the player doesn't say that they're a pit hag during the night and they're a savant, they've now got to keep giving out savant information, but they don't actually gain any information. So it's like, you know, they've got to make it up. Uh, there's other t- things like uh, if you turn a good twin into a mutant, um, they mm-hmm. yeah, there's no way they can come out as the mutant because if they get executed, then they're gonna lose. Um, it's it's also a role which, in theory, um, the evil team can work out uh, because you know evil team generally has you know the, the information of who is evil and stuff like that, and that's where a lot of the types of information is. So as an evil player, if you hear somebody claiming to be an oracle with a one, and you know that there's no dead evil players, uh, you also know where the Nodashi is, and so therefore they can't be poisoned, and stuff like that, it's likely that that player is the mutant, or at least somebody pretending to be an oracle. So it's, it's another tool which you can work out as an evil player. And... One of my favorite, I've got, I've got a bit of a story here. One of my favorite um, plays I've seen with a mutant as an evil player is we had an evil bone collector in one of our games. And mm-hmm. the mutant yeah, got themselves executed and uh, by claiming mutant. And then that night, the evil bone collector picks the mutant, goes into a conversation with the. Um, mutant who is now dead but bone collected uh, and the storyteller is there listening in and go, goes to them and is like so um I, I wasn't paying attention yesterday what happened and the mutant was like oh I got uh, executed because I'm the mutant and I claimed mutant and then immediately the storyteller brought everyone back in and was like <laughs> uh this person's just been executed <laughs> And then everyone's realised, why, what? How have they broken madness again? And then they realise oh, it's the bone collector. The bone collector's given them their power back. Um, so it's, 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 it's a tool that can be used in, in lots of different ways uh, by the evil team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good overview. Um, and yeah, like you said, I think the pit hag turning someone into a mutant just to, like silently neutralize their ability is a really strong thing to do. That's one of my favorites. Uh, obviously, the bone collector thing when you can set that up is great. Uh, <laughs> it only works once yeah. per group. Uh, it's also um, interesting because then, yeah, if if the person who did get pit hagged uh, wants to claim about the fact that they were pit hagged, they've then got to give a reason as to why they were pit-hagged into something that isn't the mutant. Because you know, they've got to claim that they're pit-hagged into a townsfolk. Now, in my right. opinion, the only reasonable townsfolk that I can think of would be a snake charmer. Um, because outside of that, why are they pit-hagging people into other townsfolk? But a snake charmer could be an interesting one which they could claim. And yeah, if you can't come up... If, if I see somebody pit-hagged into the mutant... And then they claim that they were pit hagged into the flower girl. I, as a storyteller, might be thinking, "Well, hang on, they've got to give a good reason as to why the evil team would want to turn somebody into a flower girl." Um, and if it if they are questioned on it, I would be kind of listening uh, and seeing 
uh, how close to the line they are of breaking the madness. Yeah, of course, like, they could be like, well, no, I'm, like, genuinely just really confused. I don't know why yeah. it happened, but I got a one yesterday. Uh, <laughs> and, like, or, like, I got a yes yesterday. Um, and, like, that would be totally fine. Like, they can totally pull it off. But, like you're saying, it's a bit harder because you have to, because it, it is yeah. a bit of a strange situation for it to actually happen. Um, I guess you could also claim, like, if we're talking about the strategy for the mutant now, uh, I guess in that situation you could also claim, like, you were turned into a minion or something and it was like all oh, the evil teams just causing chaos they wanted to turn me into a minion yeah that's uh, a good yeah uh and that, that's that's another it's an interesting strategy um as a um mutant is claiming to be an evil uh, role um yeah which which can can work um uh, i personally wouldn't be as in favor of it as a as a storyteller i wouldn't feel like but it's technically within the rules, so I wouldn't execute for it. But, yeah. I think most of the time they're going to be hurting themselves enough anyway if people believe them. Uh, yeah. Because, like, you're probably, they're probably, the town's probably just going to execute anyone who outs themselves as, like, a witch anyway. Unless they mm. are, like, they're, like, saying they're a townswalk who was pit-hagged into a witch, in which case maybe that would be a reason that the town would keep you alive. So, like, that that's a legit situation to do it. Uh, but if you just come out as an evil witch, then, <laughs> like, is, you're just going to get executed. <laughs> Yeah, I might I might use this as a future strategy, um, as a minion claimed to have been pit hacked into a minion. Like I am yeah. a Cerenovus. Look, <laughs> that person died to my execution. Yeah, it's like I'm sorry. Last night I just picked someone at random. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, that's kind of an interesting strategy. Hide as the Cerenovus for like a couple days by targeting yourself, and then when your ability comes into play, publicly claim that you were turned into Saranovis. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so as for, um, we can move into um, starting as the mutants. Because um, starting as the mutant in Sex and Violets is very different to any of the other Sex and Violets that, uh, outsiders. Because in a way, there's like, there's no real downsides to them dying. Like, you know, Barber, there's the Barber swap, the Klutz pick and everything. Uh, sweetheart drunk, drunking. Whereas the mutants, yeah, if they die, they're dead. And it kind of... Because a lot of the meta sometimes within SMV is you want to find a safe, easy first kill. Because then you can organize your flower mm -hmm. kill, you can organize your town crier checks and everything. And, you know, you want to be executing somebody on day one because of potential Vortox. So as a mutant, something which I often do, if I start as a mutant, is I'll say I'm a clockmaker, yeah, because I, I like to go along with the madness. I'm not I'm not gonna break madness straight away. So I'll say I'm I'm a clockmaker. Um, we should execute me day one. Um, the, in yeah, in case of Vortox, and try to like organize the town and their voting and stuff. And it's 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 a safe one. Uh, and then on future days I can then come out, um, as the mutant, uh, if needed, or I could. Keep it quiet because you know it might be important to know the outside account um, or hide it uh, for whatever reason. So, yeah, it's just um, something you kind of might want to do is get yourself executed day one. Yeah, I think that's a legitimate strategy. I would say that though, it's usually better to get executed to your own ability if you can, just because that like kind of brings. Well, I guess, I guess like the absolute best scenario would probably be like you get people to vote for you. And nominate yeah. you so that that way you generate some info for Flower Girl and Town Crier. 
and then you break madness and get killed anyway by that um yeah but i I think that that way you have like the confirmation from your own ability plus actual votes that happen during the day (laughs) i think a lot of the time especially if you're already on the block the storyteller is less likely to give you that confirmation um by executing you um yeah it'll be lovely but (laughs) it's it's unlikely (laughs) to happen yeah uh, it is. That's kind of like the dream scenario, though. Um, mm. <laughs> I think personally that it's probably a little bit better in general to get executed to your own ability, uh, even without the votes, just because like getting that one confirmed player early is pretty good. But because of that, a storyteller often isn't going to actually want to execute you. So you might have to kind of work to trick them a little bit. Like if you act like you don't want to be executed, like for instance, you know, in one of those games that's supposed to have zero outsiders, if on the first day you just say, oh, I think it's a Fangu game. And then you don't really justify it very well when players ask you why you think that. And you're like, oh, no, it's just a feeling I have, you know, like then you might be able to trick the storyteller into thinking that you don't want to be executed as the mutant when in fact you do. Uh, <laughs> so you got to play the storyteller a little bit. Yeah, I, 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 I've tricked a storyteller like that um, once before. And I, I was like, right, I kind of need the mutant confirmation here. I don't think the storyteller is going to execute me. So um, I'm going to play around a little bit and um, mm-hmm. start talking about I've heard about outsiders and then when the storyteller walked in, back into the room like we were talking about outsiders and I was talking about how I'm pretty sure that there's a mutant out there and he was like you're executed I'm like oh no what have I done <laughs> perfect but, yeah because uh... yeah. it, it, it also um, like even if you're doing it pre-votes and nominations uh, in a way that's still information for the flower girl and town crier because you know they're getting a vortex check you know, if, if they wake up and get a no then they know there's not a vortex going whereas yeah, if it's definitely. even earlier in the day before a savant for example get information then the storyteller might be a bit more likely because that's still harming the good team yeah i think the important thing to keep in mind is that the storyteller is going to or at least they probably should try to harm the good team as much as possible with your ability um, this is something that I think is, you know, true in the game in general, but especially true in Sex and Violets is that the storyteller wants mm. to be helping out the evil team a lot. And with an outsider ability, they should absolutely be taking that chance. Yeah. Well, especially as it's an outsider. Yeah. Yeah. Like, obviously they're not just going to give the savant like bad info every time just to help the evil team. But, <laughs> but yeah, they should be using the mutant to hurt the good team as much as possible. So whatever happens, if you can engineer them into doing what you want, or even if just, like, you can come out at a time where you think it's, you know, like, at this point in the game, it's fine whether or not they execute me. If you, if you think that's the case, then that's a good time to come out because uh, you're happy with either outcome and they can't hurt you mm. too much. Um, but if, if it's like, oh, if I come out now and they don't execute me, it's going to make me look really suspicious, then it's probably yeah. better to just, like, keep quiet because you know the storyteller is going to do whatever they can to hurt you. Yeah. Well, it's, it's one of these things which, uh, as, as a mutant, you're not only playing... Uh, mind games against the rest of the town and the evil team you've also got to play mind games against the storyteller anyway yeah yeah. exactly (laughs) um we should talk about whether or not it's really even worth like getting that day one execution kind of like we had this discussion on the clockmaker episode but it's worth having again since a mutant's another classic character to die on day one because having a mutant in the game is still having a good player in the game. And like for you as the mutant personally, being alive also means you might get a Fangu jump at some point, which is arguably pretty good for you because just having one more player on the evil team makes that evil team more likely to win in general. Yeah. 
So I feel like it might, I often like wouldn't want to be executed on the first day. That's some, to some extent, a play style of preference for me. Um, and to some extent also just, I think that it's often going to be better for you as the mutant if you do stay alive, especially cause like sometimes being able to confirm yourself as the mutant later, will be able to bring a lot of things to light for the good team. If you can engineer that to happen or, you know, just come out as the mutant later to give that information to the group, but you'll be more believable if you weren't just executed the first day, possibly. Although it's also very mutant-like behavior to be executed the first day. So I don't know. I should, in general, I think I prefer to stay alive just having another good player alive and having another shot at executing some evil players. And also if I do stay alive and I maybe I'll become evil at some point and I'll be happy that there was a random execution that might have missed on the first day. <laughs> I think in in my opinion, the f- first of all, uh, I, I will never advocate for not um, executing on day one of a um, SMV game just because um, I hate the idea of you know purposely not executing and if it's a Vortox game then we'll just re-rack and we'll just play again um, I, I feel like that's not fun especially on the Storyteller so I would always I will always play until I know for a fact it's not a Vortox game um, I'll play it as if it is a Vortox game um, and always go for those executions and one or two people telling me it's not a Vortox game well, they could be evil, you know. Until I've got a few yeah, more yeah. confirmations, then I would. So it's yeah, very unlikely. You're safe after the first day, usually, as long as you have one dead player. You yeah. just execute them just to be safe. Uh, and in terms of um, executing a random person, the, the thing with SMV is that it's a very um, powerful roles heavy game. You know, there's lots of information there. And if you execute a random person, you're more likely to execute a town member. And in my personal preference, I'd rather be executing somebody who's safer, uh, who's not going to be getting any more information, than somebody where we're going to lose a lot of information um, by executing them. Um, in terms of the kind of like the general um, idea and meta of you know executing somebody because because they're good, but because they're not going to get any more information, I would only advocate that for first day. Maybe a little bit on the second day, but once you go beyond that, because um, I, I see this happen quite a lot, um, it happens in TB as well, where you know, people are like, yeah, let's just keep executing the top four so we can get them confirmed by an Undertaker or whatever. If you keep doing that throughout the game, then when you're getting to day four or day five, you're most likely going to have all of the evil still alive, and it's going to be really rough to to kind of like kill them off. Or even worse, when you're getting down to like, if three was alive, you don't know which one of them. You know they're all evil. I don't know which one the demon is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of these things which, yeah, I, I'm happy for that as a kind of like a day one thing. But when you're getting further along the game, yeah, because evil is always going to take, well, most of the time, going to take buffs which are powerful roles. So then they can say, I'm a powerful role, don't execute me. So yeah, that, that, that's my personal opinion on that. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's totally viable. And I think in general, in SNV, like, Obviously, you do want to execute somebody. I agree with you there. I guess I would prefer to, like, I think that I generally think that there's enough information that you can make a somewhat informed uh, call on the first day even. But if you don't think there's enough information, then it's totally viable and valid to kill a mutant or a clockmaker. Mm. I'd rather a mutant executed than a clockmaker because at least uh, a mutant, there isn't a downside later on. Uh, Whereas a clockmate, if you keep a mutant alive over a clockmaker... Then the mutant might, yeah, you know, they might get Fangu jumped to, or they they might cause um, 
a um, an execution at a time which we don't want an execution. Yeah, mutants a very good choice for a day one execution. That being said, I am still hesitant to recommend it always because I think there can be a lot of better day one executions. And also, to some extent, it's just like if the mutant always just wants to get executed the first day, it's not that interesting. Although I suppose it becomes an interesting evil bluff to some extent if you mm. really want to just have a... But like, I don't know, mutants not that... Like if you're evil and you get yourself executed on the first day and everyone believes you're a mutant, like what are you really going to do? I guess you're you're confusing the demon type, but maybe that's about it. <laughs> well, you say that... Um, there is also a lot of power in just like just being able to um, socially control the game, um, because if people are going to start trusting those day one executions, then as an evil player, you might be like, actually, you know what? Okay, yes, I do have this power to potentially kill somebody as a witch. Yeah, which might happen, might not happen. It's a bit of a luck thing. Um, or I could get myself executed day one and gain the social trust from the other players. And then, okay, whilst you aren't giving any information which could help yourself, um, you are controlling the narrative of the other people's information, uh, which mm-hmm. can be very helpful. And I, I've, I've personally done that as a kind of like a later game strategy where I've gotten myself Serenovus executed as an evil player, and people are trusting me a bit more and I managed to convince them to ask an artist question because uh, there was Evil Twins artist. And I was like, yeah, ask this artist question, um, which I knew what the correct answer would be. And the correct answer would have been misleading the town. Um, and mm. it can be helpful. Yeah, no, it absolutely can be. Um, so like, especially the more in, like entrenched the, the idea of we execute day one and then we trust this person is. Like, the mm. more people are going along with that, the more powerful it becomes. I do feel like it's a bit of a hurdle to get to that point where, like, giving up an evil player and... Because just having an evil body alive is pretty useful in Zex and Violets. Yeah. Uh, um, it's a bit of a hurdle to get to that point, but, like, if the group... Obviously, if the group is thinking that, then they're going to trust more. So, like, mm. uh, the, kind of the more everyone's thinking along those lines, the better it actually becomes. <laughs> yeah. The, the other dangerous thing, though, uh, especially in SMV is that your minion types are quite powerful, you know, causing deaths, changing people's uh, roles and stuff like that. Um, they're, they're really useful. Uh, and especially if you've got a Vigor Mortis, um, if, if you die by execution as a minion, you're not only losing your power, but you're also losing out on that poison um, being spread. Yeah. Um, you're already down on the number of outsiders. So there is a lot of pros and cons to... Like, whilst, yeah, you've got that social power, you do lose a little bit of other power as well. And also with an oracle, um, you can lose, you know, pe- people might be like, oh, actually, I've heard of an oracle one. Might be you. But yeah, let's move on to more talking about uh, just the mutant, uh, playing as the mutant from the start. Let's assume you survived the first day. Uh, do, you, do you have any other, like, interesting strategies or anything that you use as the mutant, having played it so much? <laughs> So something else which you could do is um, is hiding the mutant, staying alive, and uh, so this has a, a couple of pros. So first of all, um, if there is a pet hag out there, chances are if the pet hag doesn't know there's a mutant in game, they are going to waste a pet hag night trying to turn somebody into the mutant because it's such a a useful um, evil tool as we spoke about earlier. Um, so they're yeah they're they're likely to waste a night's worth of pet hagging which is very valuable 
for for the pit hag. It's also something else which you can you can do. You can uh, decide to play for evil. Um, just assume that you might get Fangu jump to at some point, and yeah, cause a bit of chaos. See what happens. It's this has its kind of like pros and cons um, with it because yeah, you might get sussed out later, and you have been Fangu jumped, and it's too late now. Well, on the other side, um, yeah, you might just die, and then you can come out and say, actually, guys, um, I was the mutant, but people might not believe you. Yeah. I think that in general, if you're trying to pull off the strategy, it's better to just like blend in a bit, spread yeah. some subtle misinformation, but not in ways that are going to turn it back to you. Because if you ever do become evil, you're going to be the demon and you're going to be the person you don't want to be suspicious. So it's like if you're going to try to do this, it, like you should be spreading subtle misinformation. And that'll also yeah. help you later if you need to recover and you're like, well, actually, this was all a lie. I've realized I'm going to be good now. <laughs> you may or may not be able to say that in, in so many words, but... It, you may you might have to backtrack at some point. So I think it's in general useful to like spread subtle misinformation, not call too much attention to yourself, and that makes it so that no matter what the outcome is, you're gonna be okay. Yeah, and then I think the other thing um, to talk about is when you're turned into the mutant, um, because um, as we said, you know the mutant is a great tool for the pit hag. You have a variety of options at that point. Um, so one of the things is that if you're turned into the mutant late game you can't really go for that strategy of getting yourself executed because it might be so late into the game that one false execution could be the end of the game um so you've got to try to keep yourself alive uh make sure you don't break madness um because it's super risky and then you've also got to be careful of you know why are they turning you into the mutant maybe it's because they're preparing a fangu jump so if you start telling people, mm-hmm. I was, I was um, pit hag last night, you might run the risk of people being like, oh, okay, well, maybe they're now an outsider and they might get fangu jumped or something like that. Uh, and if you don't claim to have been pit hagged, you've then got to uh, keep coming up with information and that might um, harm the good team, but it might be worth, worth it. But then the issue with it later is that if you, for example, go a day or two where you've made up this information and then you realize your information isn't working out, then it's very difficult to backtrack. Um, because if you start backtracking, then you might get executed because you might have to say, hang on, these are lies because I was pit hagged uh, into the mutant. And then that's it. You've, you've caused an even later execution, which can be even worse. Yeah, in general, the later in the game you get executed, the worse it's going to be. But sometimes you gotta. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sometimes, actually, I guess a late game execution can be beneficial if it like really clears things up and solidifies. Like, uh, like if everyone in the town kind of concludes, like, well, these are members of the evil team, or this person's the mutant, and like you can clear that up, then that can be quite good. So sometimes it becomes more valuable to be executed later, but I think more often you're going to want to. Like, the longer you stay alive, the more you want to continue to stay alive. Or at least be yeah. killed at night. Kill, killed at night is a good outcome for the mutant as well. The other issue is that if you... Uh, if you if, even if you don't make it public that you hit hag... Because it, yeah, it, it's helpful to announce hit hags just because it tells people about what um, minions are in play. But if you, like, privately claim pit hag, then you run an even greater risk of if you get Fangu jumped to 
then the evil team aren't going to know that you have privately told somebody you get hacked, and therefore, yeah, if you because if you come out public publicly about being um, pet hacked, then the evil team might um not jump to you because you're now a public outsider or potential outsider. And in fact, I had a a game uh, as one of the text games where I was the pit hag who was vigor killed, and on one night I was. Serenovist, and I turned a player, a fairly trusted player, into the mutant, and then with the plan of the next night turning my vigor into the Fangu so they could jump to the mutant. And they they knew mm. this was the plan. But then I realized, well, hang on, if, if they claim to somebody that they're a pit hagged, um, even if they don't say they're turned into a mutant, then you know, it could work, work out badly. So at the very start of the next day, I broke madness accidentally of course um and it meant that they um sadly they they did manage to neighbor whisper um somebody about being pit hagged but it was a kind of like you know trying to get in there quickly before they could do anything to stop our fangu jump um it worked out in the end we, we, we won the game but yeah it's, it's something you've got to be careful of you know. yeah yeah mut- mutants can be unpredictable <laughs> uh, i think something else worth talking about is um mutant in i'm gonna butcher the name uh let's <laughs> say unfair that's unfair yeah i was just about to bring this up this is obviously it's a sex and violets character not in sex and violets but still very uh interesting to talk about in lazay unfair which has a lot of uh snv characters in case you don't know it's mm. the teen Seville script created by steven medway i don't know if his episode's coming out before or after this, but he was on an episode, uh, and he mentioned this as well. So, yeah, let's talk about Lizanne and Fair a little bit uh, before we get into the rest of the Sex and Violet stuff. Um, Mutant is one of the two outsiders in Lizanne and Fair, and it has a very different dynamic. Yeah, because uh, so if, if you don't know Lizanne and Fair um, as well, uh, one of the key parts of it is the Leviathan. And with the Leviathan, uh, it's a demon that doesn't kill you have five days to work out who the Leviathan is and get them executed. If you don't do it in the five days, then a good team loses. However, if you execute two good players, then good team also loses. So you've got to be really careful with your executions, and there's lots of roles which um, are gaining information each night. So you, know, you might, the first two or three days, you're not going to execute anybody. Um, so you're trying to gain as much information. What tends to happen is there's lots of double claims because you've got stuff like the mutant, you've got a, a lunatic, and then you've got two evil players who you know, don't know each other and they don't get bluffed because it's a Tinsyville. So you get lots of double claims and you know, mutant is generally one of them. But because of the rule of the Leviathan where if you execute two good players, then the good team loses. As a mutant, it's really dangerous to come out as the mutant because... If you get executed, you've lost one of the um, the two. Well, if you yeah, you you've lost your only saving grace uh, as a good team. If you execute another good player, that's it. You've lost. Yeah. So it's quite it's quite a scary one. Yeah, it can also like occasionally be a lot stronger in Lizanfair, uh, especially in a five player game with a balloonist. Uh, and you know, if if you're listening to this and you only know Sex and Violets, just a uh, I don't know. Skip ahead fifteen seconds, because uh, <laughs> you can. Because the balloonist is a townsfolk who adds an outsider. 
so like you can confirm that the balloonist is in play and confirm yourself and now there's only like one more good player among the remaining three players so yeah. it can actually be really powerful and laissez unfair to just come out as the mutant and get executed even though it uses up one execution yeah but then that that would then come down to whether or not the storyteller is going to execute you that, that right. amount <laughs> of confirmation can be rough um for evil but it's yes yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting idea yeah, it just goes to show that mutant like it's very adaptive to the script. Um, mm. Sometimes I feel like it might be like a better character or a better fit for Bad Moon Rising, just because like there's so many other things that play with execution and dying has a very different value in Bad Moon Rising. <laughs> so sometimes I feel like feel like mutant would actually be a better fit there. So, uh, but I don't know. It's just an interesting character that I feel like is going to fit into a lot of custom scripts as well because. It's just such an interesting dynamic, and I actually feel like Sex and Violence is maybe one of the least interesting places for it. <laughs> it's it's it's, in, it's interesting. I, I I like it in there because it's a character which, where it's such a a um, heavy information script, it's a character which in theory has to be making up information um, if they're going to be going along with the mutant ability and keeping it up. Um, could cause yeah you you might as well be adding a poison player in game because you don't know whether the information is going to be true or not that's kind of the idea with madness is to like poison and drunkness are to make people uh, unknowingly spread misinformation mm. madness is to make people knowingly spread misinformation yeah just such a cool dynamic i love it um yeah it is really cool um, but yeah, with that in mind, let's move into section two, which is bluffing as the mutant, Ooh, yeah. uh, as other good players or as the evil team. Something that we don't really have in the notes here, but I wanted to bring up is, do you ever bluff as the mutant as a good player when you're not the mutant? <laughs> hmm. I personally haven't. Uh, I've I've seen it, but and I think it 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 depends on what you are. Because like for example. And also, if you know what the demon is. So if you know it's a Fangu yeah. game, and you're the sage, then bluffing as the mutant is a great um, place to go. Because you can you can get frustrated about the fact that, oh, you're not confirming me from the storyteller. And then, yeah, you could get jumped to and get the sage hit. I once played a game where we had a, a custom um, kind of adapted Fangu, which could jump multiple times <laughs> just for the fun of it and i was a sage and there was a, a game that people were playing as outsiders of like let's have an outsider coalition where you know we purposely say okay we're gonna i'm gonna jump if i get turned into the fangu i'm gonna jump to you and then you can jump to this person <laughs> and i got myself into the chain somewhere um i was like i know who's gonna you're jump just into a sage. Me. <laughs> yeah i was a sage that's i said they jumped that's to great. me well, tried to jump to me. Uh, I died playing Sage. I was like, well, I've got two names here. One of them was somebody who said that they would jump to me if they turned into the Fangu. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they're the Fangu. Nice. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, bl bluffing as the mutant uh, can be um, quite helpful as a good player. Um, as long as you've got... It. So, in my opinion, if you're going to bluff something like that, you might want to make sure that somebody knows. Um, so you can't later be like, actually, by the way, guys. But also, if you're a powerful info role, then bluffing as the mutant can also help because it's not a Fangu game, which, you know, three out of four times it's not. 
then you won't get night killed. And and yeah, so you can just kind of like, and it, another interesting thing about it is you can be public about your information, but kind of like privately say to some people like, by the way, I'm the mutant. Um, and that yeah. might spread around to the <laughs> demon and the mu- demon's like, okay, I don't need to worry about him. And yet you're still getting the information out there publicly, which can be interesting. Yeah, it's it's the only outsider in Sex and Violets that like the evil team doesn't really ever have an incentive to kill, right? Like all the other ones, there's some downside, but the mutant is just like it's one of the rare kind of safe claims in Sex and Violets that like the evil team's never gonna really want to kill. I guess the other being like I don't know, clockmaker, or used up juggler, or something. But like, yeah, in Trouble Brewing, you've got a lot of outsiders who you like. If you claim Butler, the evil team doesn't want to kill you. If you claim Saint, they don't want to kill you. You've got a lot of ways to do that in, mm. in Trouble Brewing. But in Sex and Violets, Mutant's one of the few ways to do it. So that's that's probably the most useful thing. And like you were saying, the Sage uh, trying to get yeah. the Fangu to kill you. But I would I would say that most likely that isn't going to work a lot of the time because no. if everybody knows you're a mutant, then <laughs> that's like the Fangu just doesn't want to target you at that point. But yeah, can it can work. Uh, I think it's most useful as well. You're an info role, and you want the evil team to think that you're not. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about it as evil, though, which is a much more common bluff. And we've already talked about it a lot on this episode because it's such a such a big part of the mutant is the, the counterplay of bluffing it. I think the first thing is it's a great fallback. Because, like, if, for example, you're claiming to be, let's say, a clock, clockmaker and somebody else comes out as a clockmaker, then, yeah, you can later on, if you die in the night or something, um, or if you're executed, you can say, okay, guys, I wasn't the clockmaker, I was actually the mutant, yeah, as, as an example. Or if you want to be a bit more bold, you could try to claim a more powerful role, um, like a dreamer or something, and, you know, confirm some people, but then there's the people who you're going against, if they get confirmed by something else, then you can be like, okay, I wasn't the dreamer, I'm actually the mutant. Um, yeah. So, it's it's a good it's a good place to go if your bluff has not worked out for whatever reason. Yeah, it's a bit like falling back then. I might be the drunk, uh, except it's it's a claim that you can make more forcefully. Where it's like, yeah, well, I am the mutant. It's helpful if you can get Saranova's executed to really sell it uh, and waste a day of execution. Yeah, but then but that... it's not always going to be the best. <laughs> You're not not necessary, I should say. Yeah, and whilst it does confirm you. Um... The issue can be um, that, yeah, the town are like, well, hang on, where's the Serenovus for that day? Yeah, if we've if we've had yeah. a Serenovus for days one and two, and for day four, where where's days three? Um, but again, something which you could say is you were, as the mutant, made mad about being the mutant, which is a pretty valid play and does happen yeah. if evil teams worked out. But something which you might want to do is if, if you're if you're planning from the start to bluff as a mutant, then um, you might want to be careful about um, what kind of information you're giving out. Because if 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 you if you're throwing out loads of accusations based on your information, and then want to fall back on mutant, then people are going to be more likely to think that you're evil. Um, because you know, as a real mutant, you shouldn't be using your information as um, reasons to execute people because <laughs> it's not real information. <laughs> like if I was yeah, a mutant, a, a real to be Prior, <laughs> yeah, I'm like that person's evil. I got a yes last night, and they were the only person to nominate. We must execute them. Like, 
I, mean, I wouldn't believe sometimes that. Sometimes I'll mutant. do that as the mutant, but <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah, there's some people who I feel like could get away with that. Um, as yeah, like I, I, I personally tend to, to get so into like the acting as a mad character that like <laughs> I would do that. <laughs> but yeah, so but in, in general, um, you you want to make sure that you're not using your quote unquote info um, if you're going to fall back on mutant. Which is like a little bit of a downside to like this mutant fallback bluff because the really important thing in Sex and Violence is controlling the narrative. And if yeah. you're planning to fall back on the mutant and you're willingly giving up that control of the narrative in order to do it, that can be quite bad for you. Uh, another thing which you can lean into if you out as the mutant is um, the fact that yeah, the mutant has the might part of their ability. You know, they might be executed. so. If you get, if you come out publicly as mutant, and the storyteller doesn't execute you because you know you're not the mutant, um, then you you can yeah you might want to play into it a little bit and be like oh come on please yeah why aren't you executing me oh clearly they don't want to confirm me yeah because that's too powerful that kind of thing and yeah that that's actually a better way to do it like if your information has been kind of controlling the narrative to some extent. Mm. Uh, that might be a little bit better because it's like, oh, they don't want to execute me because they want you to like not know what to do with my information or something. Maybe I don't know. Uh, maybe not because <laughs> you're you're denying your own information. Uh, and another interesting part about that is that you can also use it to try and manipulate the votes a little bit. Um, so, for example, I I I was once um, as a minion bluffing that I was Serenovist, but I wasn't Serenovist. And um, I claimed to have been Serenovist um, to everyone. And I was like, because they, they didn't believe me. I was like, look, if you're going to put the votes on me to execute me, then the storyteller is not going to force the execution. Mm. We, should, <laughs> we should mess with the storyteller and we should give the storyteller the option. Either they execute this powerful role, who's broken madness, or they execute whoever has been voted for. Um, and so that that can be a really cool like way of uh, stopping the town from voting for you um, by kind of like bluffing. The storyteller's not going to execute me if you guys execute me. <laughs> that's interesting. I had never thought of that, um, but that's really cool. I, I could see doing that as like a demon when there's five players alive or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a good way to give yourself one extra day, uh, which can be yeah. really powerful as a, especially as a minion. Yeah, because that one extra day, anything can happen. Yeah, I think I think it's worth talking about, uh, like the meta of the game, like especially if you're using the Serenovus, uh to get executed. The meta of the game is pretty important. In Sex and Violets, I think that uh, for most groups, the good team tends to win more than the evil team, and that's often uh, because the storyteller isn't necessarily leaning enough into um, using evil's abilities and poison and stuff to be really devastating. But I think that um, one thing that you that the evil team really needs is like a lot of different possibilities to be on the table. So like the more evil players kill themselves as the mutant, the more that gives the storyteller a license to actually kill mutants. Because once you actually can, once if you actually kill a mutant, but there's like a strong history in your group of Serenovuses targeting themselves or other evil players and causing that same effect to happen, then it's a lot less believable for that mutant. So in general. 
like maybe it's not going to be the best thing for you this game to try it um although if everyone trusts the mutants then it's a great time to try it but yeah so like that that should be a sort of a self-balancing thing that the evil players don't always think about which is like the more trusted confirmed mutants are the better it is to confirm yourself as the Saranovis. And that should be a meta that balances itself out over time. But you, you have to be aware that it's even a possibility and something you can be thinking about. Yeah, I think the the, the more things that happen, yeah, more than anything can happen. And it's, it's, it's interesting to see how metas develop over time. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm playing on the unofficial um, quite, quite a bit. And it's interesting to see, you know, when a play is made and then a couple of other people kind of like follow that play because it's, it's, it's an interesting play and then slowly it becomes a meta. And so people are like, well, hang on, we've seen this play before. We're not going <laughs> to trust this. So, so sometimes it can, yeah, if, if you want to mess with the game, yeah, try and come up with an interesting and different play. And eventually people, yeah, it can be used uh, as as a meta yeah and i think uh for this particular thing with saranovising yourself to get executed uh this mm. is strongest in general if the players don't already know a saranovis is in play because like if other people have been mad about various things due to saranovis for the first couple days and then you get executed to saranovis and then it just stops it kind of becomes pretty obvious what happened unless you can pin it on somebody else who was ex- or mm. like who died in the night or something but even so why would a saranovis die in the night uh, <laughs> so like you have to be pretty careful about that it can be better if you either save your saranovis ability and just target yourself every day until until you want to pull this or if you use the pit hag to create like turn yourself into saranovis and then do this on a day so that nobody's seen the saranovis effect in play yet that's generally going to be the strongest way to use this. Well, it's 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 interesting because um, it's something which I I've seen gets talked about quite a bit in the stream game sometimes is yeah when somebody dies to like the witch on day one or something like that then a lot of the time it's discussed of like oh, hang on what if they self witched yeah they're trying to yeah. get trusted yeah um, and that it. It, it's coming up um, quite a bit and it's interesting because uh, as far as I can think of at least recently nobody's actually done it as a witch of kind of like targeted themselves but it's discussed as a meta and I think it's yeah and this is a very similar kind of meta of, yeah, as a Serenovus or whatever turning yourself into the Serenovus to then forcing yourself to be mad and get madness executed yeah and that it's, it's one of these things which if you want to be trusted the earlier in the game um, is the stronger in terms of the trust um, yeah, element. Because yeah. if, if you're doing it later in the game, people are less likely to um, trust you. You kind you kind of have to know what other players think of you as well. Like, uh, yeah, um, like like I think that if I do anything like that, like anytime I die to the witch or Saranovis, like the, there's immediately a question of if I've just done this to myself and I'm trying to gain trust because play, people know that I. I make weird plays <laughs> in general. Um, and especially, the, and they also know that I value the trust of the town. So you, it'll work better for some players than others. <laughs> I uh, I had a stream game uh, recently where as a demon, and this is why no, nobody ever trusts me. Uh, I, as a demon, <laughs> killed in the night. And this was, I was a pooker. Like, this wasn't even like a bigger game. I was a pooker. <laughs> I killed two of my minions during the night. I got the 
goon who had turned evil executed during the day and my mastermind executed during the day and somehow won the game. <laughs> and at one point, Tyler and Capelli were both like, yeah, Nikki's the kind of boss who's like Darth Vader, who are just like, yeah, you're my minions. I don't care if you survive. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it all worked out because it gave me the social plays. Um, because right. yeah, the, yeah. the person who I killed during the night, because uh, I was claiming grandmother, uh, and they were my grandchild, who was a tea lady. And my thoughts was like, well, hang on. A tea lady is not going to survive the game, are they? Especially a grandmother tea lady. So I killed them during mm-hmm. the night, and then I was suddenly the most trusted player in the game. And so it comes down to the, you know, this, that kind of similar thing. So now, if I was to die to a witch or a Serenovus, people are going to be like, no, that's just Nikki. Like, Nikki's the kind <laughs> of person who will happily sacrifice himself as a minion for the social place. And so that, that's where it then comes down to you know, the meta again, yeah? Of, yeah, it could be an evil player. If you, if you have quite a few evil players who are doing that, then people are going to be less trusted. Yeah. Cool. So this brings us to uh, something that I added to this section while we were talking in the last section that I thought of, uh, which is a really dumb play, but I want to try it now, uh, which is <laughs> as the demon on the first day, if there's an evil twin in the game, getting yourself executed to build trust you're like the least valuable member of your team in some sense at that point. Uh, Specifically also if you have a pit hag. Because Mm. if the demon gets executed on the first day, first of all, nobody's going to ever expect that if you like volunteer for execution. Um, So if you're like, hey, I'm the mutant, just kill me. No one's ever going to expect that. And so you should be able to get into the trust circles pretty well. They might be like, well, maybe you're a minion, but then it's like, oh, but we've seen evidence of these other minions, so you're probably not a minion. So I feel like that's a pretty good way to get trust. And then the pit hag can just turn the evil twin into a different min or into a different demon, like to bring the demon back. So you're giving up the, you're giving up some amount of power, and you're giving up one evil body, but you get a lot of trust out of it, and you get some very visible minions still alive. So I don't know. That's kind of an interesting mutant bluff as far as first day execution goes. Actually, just doing it as the demon and relying on the evil twin to keep the game going. What's great about that idea is that if you know that there's a town crier out there and you nominate yourself and you make it clear that, like, yeah, we're going to have a Vortox check with um, only me being the only person nominating, yeah, uh, and then we have a split with the flower girl or whatever, then, yeah, then oh, yeah, not... and you can even you can be in the opposite split as the evil twin who will become the demon. <laughs> yeah, well, there's yeah that, uh, and then they're, they're also not gonna think that you're a minion because you know, town cry got to know because you're not a minion. <laughs> and what demon would yeah. do that? That's a great, that's a great bluff. And what also makes it interesting is um, to something which I, I I put is that if you're claiming to be a mutant, you could get the pit hag to turn somebody else into mutant. And yeah, they they they're gonna be at a stuck point because they're gonna be like, hold on, how did I get pit hacked into the mutant? And you can use that to throw sus on them, or like, well, you're not the yeah. mutant because I'm the mutant. Um, <laughs> and yeah, okay, yes, they could get uh, executed, but yeah, that could then come back to the whole meta of, well, hang on, this might be a Serenovus making a play, or something like that. Um. So, yeah, it's an interesting place. I'm going to note this down. 
Yeah, all right. Uh, so let's move into the third section now. Uh, I feel like that's all the weird, yeah. weird things you can do with bluffing as the mutant, <laughs> um, <laughs> including some very strange ones. Um, well, let's go into running the mutant as storyteller. There's a bit to talk about here in terms of storytelling style and just like, you know, when do you include a mutant in the game? When is it too powerful to confirm them, etc.? What are your thoughts to start out on this? So I think that like, it's, well, madness as a as a as a whole is something which is quite open to interpretation, uh, and so a lot of storytellers might run things uh, differently. Uh, and so what I find is that a lot of um, storytellers like to make it very clear before the game starts of like, you know, this is how I run madness in my game, um, and you know that some storytellers might be doing things differently, but yeah. You know, it's very helpful to set these clear expectations at the start of it. Uh, I know that um, Emily is somebody who's really good at um, being very clear with it. And it's, it's, it's really good to, to talk this through with your, um, uh, with, with your players because some players might have different expectations for madness and it kind of stops the kind of like, you know, later in the game, if you make a decision based on madness, a player you know, it stops them from being upset about your decision because if you've made it clear from the start so for example i know that some storytellers like to base madness on um whether everybody else believes that you're mad or and some storytellers like to do it based on whether you're convincing the storyteller that you're mad some like to talk about whether or not you're breaking madness in private um and this is especially important when we're playing online um when we're playing over discord because uh, in Discord, you can see whether or not the storyteller can hear you um, because whether or not they're in the same channel. Whereas in person, the storyteller might be more likely to hear you because you're in the same room, even if the storyteller is not standing right next to you. Yeah. Um, and so there's a bit more of a risk. And something which I personally have done as a storyteller is I've used some of the spectators and been like, go and listen into that conversation. Mm-hmm. If, if they break madness, just... Just, just let me know. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> and so the, the players will get confused when you know, I've executed them for madness. And what could be interesting about that is like, you know, they might be like, hang on, is the person who I was talking to evil? And did they tell the storyteller? <laughs> so, so yes, but it's, it's important that they know um, what, the, what the expectations are. Um, and I think another thing that's important is for you as a storyteller is knowing where your players are at. Um, so, like, the first time I ever was a mutant, I think I was playing a, a Luff game um, run by Ben Dance, and Ben asked me, like, you know, what? Because yeah, I was fairly new to the server. He was like, you know, what do you know about madness and stuff? I was like, this is my first time being mad. Um, so he was a little bit more lenient with me, um, which is extra special, because I know that Ben is very on it with madness mm-hmm. um and he's quite strict with his madness so it's it's nice to give them a little bit of breathing room uh if it's a newer player um but at the same time you want to make sure that you don't get meted for that um you don't want you know there to be like oh yeah no they probably are actually the mutant because you know storyteller hasn't executed them because they're new and stuff like that I think along these lines, it's also important to be very upfront that, like, ultimately, Madness is your call as the storyteller. Uh, 
And like, yeah. if there's a misunderstanding, the players should know that you're trying to make the best and most interesting game possible. So like, I would also like, especially the new group, like if you're playing online with like a bunch of random people and you don't really know them all and, you know, people are rotating in and out, you probably don't want to necessarily say this at the start of every single game that's like, like just go over the basic expectations of the game. But like if you're playing for the first time Sex and Violets with your group in person, then like yeah. going over like, you know, just like reiterating like, look, I, I'm the storyteller. I'm going to make make some subjective calls about madness at some point. If you disagree, please tell me after the game. But like in the in the mm. moment, know that I'm trying to make the best decision I can. I think that's important to go over. Yeah, I think also as a player, uh, it's important to kind of keep in mind of um, you don't know the full story. Yeah. Um, you don't know whether the storyteller has heard about the madness break in somewhere privately. You don't know what the game state is like, uh, whether the storyteller is doing it for balancing reasons um, or you know, for for whatever reason. Um, so, yeah, if you get frustrated about the storyteller executing somebody who broke madness a tiny, tiny bit, there might be more to the story as to why the storyteller um, decided to execute that player. Yeah. Which I think uh, comes on to the um, next bit of like, you know, when to execute for madness. Because it's one of these judgment calls, which there's so many different factors. Because, um, you know, some people might, might look at it and be like, okay, they've said that there are, they are the mutant, let's execute them. And, you know, that's, there's so much more to it uh, than that. Um, so, like, for me personally, the key thing that I always put at the forefront of things is that the mutant is an outsider. And outsiders are generally meant to harm the town. Yes. So my decision to execute that mutant will always come down to what is going to hurt the town the most. Yep. In our notes here, I put that in all caps after after you wrote it. Always hurt the town. <laughs> uh. Always hurt the town. <laughs> and and so yeah, there's I, I've got I've got a list of things here which I'll take into consideration. So first of all, yeah, if you're confirming the mutant. A player being confirmed is so strong, especially if it's in a script where there isn't a Serenovus or another madness type thing. Yeah, by executing that mutant, you're confirming them um, in some ways. The next thing is whether you're going to be losing information due to the execution. So if the execution is going to happen at the end of nominations, um, then you're still going to be getting the Flower Girl and Town Cry information, the Savant info, whereas if it happens at the very start of the day, then yeah, the town's going to lose all that information. Yeah. Next thing is um, the loss of the execution. Um, so, if, yeah, the, the town is losing execution by this happening. Um, if it would save an evil player. Um, so this, this comes into the idea of um, the fact that uh, you don't always have to execute a player as soon as they break madness. Um, I know this has been discussed sometimes. Um, but I, um, I actually messaged Ben um, just to kind of like get his view on it. Uh, and his reply was, during an in-person game, such a requirement could get messy, uh, given that it immediately ends the game. So imagine that, okay, Nikki has been immediately executed. Everyone goes to sleep. But where's John? Oh, John's on the toilet. Okay, <laughs> nobody's saying anything until he's finished. And I love the fact that that's that Ben's reply was talking about somebody on the toilet. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so you don't. 
<laughs> you don't have to execute uh, immediately. And so in that case, um, and I personally would chalk it up to um, a kind of like a phase. Uh, if somebody's broken madness during that particular day phase, in my opinion, I am free to execute them at any point during that day phase. So um, I disagree slightly, um, but I think in general I agree. Okay. And I, I can I can so the way I think of it is uh, I'd like to obey like the letter of the law as much as possible in this game. Yeah. And so technically it says like you can execute them if they aren't uh if they are mad that they're an outsider. Mm. And so when they're when they're not anymore, you can't execute them. But for me, typically, yeah. like once a player has kind of broken that barrier it becomes a lot harder for them to stop being mad that they're an outsider. Like, if somebody says, hey, I'm the mutant, and then later they try to be like, well, no, I'm not actually the mutant because they decide they don't want to be executed for whatever reason, then I think that, like, you can still execute them because they have to... It's it's just that they have to work a lot harder if they want to undo that undo that uh, madness because, like, one, once you're mad about something once, that's something that everybody already thinks and you're already convincing them of that. So in order to like stop convincing of them of that, you have to work extra hard. So I, I just think that like in general, yeah, almost always, like if somebody was mad early in the day, I'll execute them anytime later in the day that I want. Um, but that's not yeah. necessarily just because they were mad that one time. It's because like it, it be, it's because it becomes a lot harder to stop being mad that you're an outsider later once you already are. Yeah. I, I think uh, as long as it's like, I so I personally would say it's kind of like yeah as long as um it's if they've broken madness during that day um I would punish if I was going to be executing them I'd be punishing them during that day on future days um depending on yeah how they broke the madness uh if they can put it back into the box then I wouldn't punish them for their previous yeah. um breaking but they've got to have a good reason but it's yeah. going to be hard to do that <laughs> Similarly, I would say uh, if somebody breaks madness at night, typically like that can be a way for a mutant to try to avoid the consequences of like actually losing a day of executions um, by getting executed at night. But I think that almost always, if a mutant just comes out at night, like you're totally like valid to just execute them the next day because, like, how are they going to backtrack yeah. from that? <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and it's it's one of these things which. Um, yeah, if you're talking about the game during the night, you've got to be careful um, about it, especially with the Serenovus acting um, during the night. Yeah, um, or in fact, ju- just uh, just in general, the evil team acting during the night, um, they can listen into what you're saying. So if somebody claims mutant during the night, then you might have yeah you know, uh, Serenovus who might turn them into being mad about the mutant, uh, and that gives um that gives a, a very powerful tool to the storyteller um which i think we've talked we've got coming up yeah. um <laughs> we can actually talk about it now if you want um so yeah if, if the serenovus targets somebody uh who is the mutant as being the mutant in my opinion that's a kind of like you can execute them at any point during the next day because either they're going to be mad about being a mutant and so therefore they're mad about being an outsider or they're not being mad about being a mutant and therefore, they're not fulfilling the Serenovus requirements. Yep. And so, yeah, so that's that's generally something which you, you would want to execute for. Um, yeah, and I got to say, I, I almost always, as a storyteller, will execute them in this position because it kind of takes the weight off your so- shoulders for deciding, like, oh, is it 
like which team is it helping more if I execute the mutant right now? Because it's like mm. the evil team has decided that they want me to execute them. So like it yeah. seems like at least in the evil team's opinion that it's better for them for me to execute. So it's like you can do no wrong by just executing them. I also think that in general, like the mutant tends to hurt the town a little bit less than the other outsiders in Sex and Violets um, when it's actually in the game, mm. like outside of the game as a bluff, maybe not. But like when it's actually in the game, I feel like it's a little bit less harmful to town than the other outsiders. So I don't mind having this like slight exploit for the evil team, uh, especially because it's not like they can it's not like they're always going to know where the mutant is to pull this off. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's an interesting point. And yeah, unless you're the Serenova series picking everybody as the mutant just to see what happens. Yeah. But by then you're going to eventually have it worked out what's going on. But yeah. Um, but going back to um, when to execute. Um, so a couple of the other things which I tend to think about is um, so if you're saving the execution for later on and you're not executing immediately, you might want to think about who's being put onto the block. Um, so if it's a, if an evil player is on the block, then you might decide to execute the mutant to save that player, especially if it's a demon. Yeah. yeah. Giving the evil team one more day uh, to go for it. Um, but likewise, because people might meta this and might be like, well, hang on, he's just executed the mutant to save this person who we think is evil. Then likewise, I would do it to save a good player. And although that good player is going to get um, an extra day's, uh, an extra night's worth of information, yeah, if everybody thinks that I have saved that good player from the mutant, then, well, we all know who's going to be executed tomorrow. It's going to be yeah. that good player. <laughs> exactly. And similarly, if if the mutant themselves is in the block, I think you basically never execute them, right? <laughs> no, I, I would I would rarely. Um, but at the same time, if if it's a if it's something which is getting metered of, you know, they would never do it. And then you know, an evil player wants to to bluff being pit hag uh, being uh, the mutant, then I might do it um, just on the odd. Hmm once or twice just yeah. just to make it so it's possible that it's there um but no mo most of the time if they're already on the block yeah um all you're doing is confirming that player um and so that's not really going to hurt the town at all yeah and it's 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 worth realizing that like even if you think that the meta is at such a point where it's not going to confirm this player it's still going to narrow the world views a lot for the good team where, where it's like either they're mm. the mutant or they've been targeted by Serenovus, and both of those are like like that's still a lot more narrow than the game state was before you executed them. I think the 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 other thing um, to keep in mind um, about uh, whether or not you're going to execute somebody is if if somebody's pit hagged into the mutant. Um, so this is an interesting scenario in which, so in my personal opinion, if if you claim to be pit hagged, uh, I think we spoke about this a bit earlier, um, and you're hiding what you're claiming to be pit hagged into, um, or you're trying to um, keep it secret or you're not giving good reasons for what you've been pit-hagged into then and it becomes obvious that you're the mutant then that's something which i might execute for um and that's uh, a bit of yeah but again that uh, i would also think about the other things of whether or not i'd execute a mutant generally anyway that that about wraps us up for the discussion i guess i have one thing to add which is that i think that a lot of storytellers undervalue how important an execution is in the game in general so i would say i've probably seen storytellers be more reluctant to execute a mutant um than they should be in my opinion in general rather than executing mutants too often so i think it's probably like 
and I don't know, maybe this is something I've discussed with Ben Burns and uh, in the Saranovas episode mm-hmm. and a few other people, just like not on the podcast, but like I really value an execution quite highly and wasting a day of execution, yeah. killing a good player feels pretty bad for me. Like on the first day, it's kind of okay because you just need to sometimes, but after that, it feels quite bad for me um, for the good team. So I think that I think that a lot of storytellers will not execute a mutant because they don't because they're afraid of confirming them. But I feel like actually, it's very often uh, going to hurt the good team more if you do just waste that day of execution on the mutant. Yeah, especially in a game in a like a no dashy or Voltox game where you're not going to be getting night deaths um, from evil players. Um, so having uh having the executions being the only way in which you're killing evil players uh if you've lost that execution then yeah that's one less chance you have of uh killing an evil player yeah i think uh another thing that's um worth uh talking about uh, in terms of whether whether you believe somebody has been mad enough is how they react to information that they are the mutants so for example if their dreamer confirmed as being the mutant and the dreamer like approaches them and says yeah i've seen that you're the mutant if they start saying i really trust this dreamer yeah why do you really (laughs) trust this dreamer yeah um that for me although okay you haven't claimed to have been an outsider or the mutant um you're pretty much claiming it um but just not directly yeah and so that that's something which you you might want to be a bit careful of. Um, uh, so something else that we uh, I've seen is in the notes at the bottom is if you are executing and it causes the game to end. Um, and this it kind of comes also similar on the Serenovus of, you know, do you allow the game to end by a, an execution? In my opinion, if somebody, if somebody is the mutant and breaks madness on the final day, then that is their own doing and yeah evil deserves to win because good have decided to not go along with the madness especially if like they're pit hagged very late into the game or something Mm -hmm. like that and yeah i don't think it's fair to allow the good team to get away with claiming to be mad on the final day just because they're like well storyteller's not going to end the game so yeah, I can give out my true information. Yeah, saying the storyteller is not going to do something is like the surest way to get them to do it. Uh- <laughs> yeah, and it's likewise with uh, with an evil twin as well. You know, if you are an evil twin mutant and you think, well, yeah, the storyteller is not going to end the game uh, just on my behalf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like maybe I'll be the tiniest bit more lenient. But it's like if it's clearly like the player is willfully not going along with the madness, then I think, yeah, you should just absolutely execute them because otherwise the madness is meaningless. I think it's different if you were an evil who um, who caused it. Like, um, so, for example, if you, if you got a pit hag into the final day and they turned themselves into the mutant and um, forced the execution, um, that might be a bit rougher. Um, as a, and I would probably think about, you know, is this more of a, a luck thing that they've gotten to the end or have they really, do they really deserve this as their uh, final win condition? Um, that kind of thing. Yeah, like, 
like I think that it's in general if like a Saranovas gets to the final day, I'd prefer like if they if they target the one remaining good player and just like in, in order to neutralize their information and make them walk on thin ice, then that's really fun and like mm. maybe I'll execute that good player if they break that madness. But if they target themselves, yeah. then you just you do have to make a judgment call about like whether the game is more interesting or or like it just feels better for them to uh, be able to do this because it is it is an accomplishment to get the uh, <laughs> to get one of these powerful minions alive on the last day. I, I, I like that you put in the notes also um, the idea of getting a demon, a Serenovus, and the mutant into the final day. Um, yeah, that this... <laughs> would definitely be something which yeah you should reward evil for. Yeah, if if they've managed to get that, work out is the mutant as well. <laughs> Yeah, demon Serenovus mutant, and the Serenovus targets the mutant as mutant. That's just an evil win, in my book. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that about wraps up the show here on the mutant. I just have one question for you, which is, um, are you an outsider? Of course not. Okay. I'm the clockmaker. Oh, yeah. I keep being oh. the clockmaker. Right, okay, okay. Actually, mm. for, for Emily's sake, uh, sake, I am the, the snake maker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you for being on the show. Uh, thanks for having me. For anyone who's listening, go check out the streams if you haven't already. Uh, you'll you'll see Nikki on quite a few of them. Yeah, and this is the Cult of the Clock Tower. New episodes every other Monday. Thank you very much, Nikki. And for the listeners, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. The new special guest and a new character. Thank you.